Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, how to grow your organizational and productivity practice, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. With every episode, we're going to learn from subject matter experts who can help you build your business in areas like marketing, HR, and finance. We'll also introduce you to business owners who are out there just like you are, and we'll learn from their successes and challenges. Please welcome your host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hello, welcome to Stand Out, the podcast all about growing your organizing and productivity business. I'm Sarah Karakayan, professional organizer and your host. So our jobs as organizers and productivity specialists is to connect with our clients. Our goal is to help them conquer new healthy habits and put to bed old habits that prevent them from living the life they feel they can only dream about. But it's that connecting part that can be our biggest challenge. Sure, we can show them tips and tricks on how to save on time or maximize space, but if we fail to get our clients to truly understand who they are and what makes them tick, then our work with them will not only be more difficult, but could lead to less than desirable results. So we bring you today, listeners, Jessica Butts, psychotherapist, coach, author, Meyer Briggs expert, and creator of Live Your Life in the Front Seat, which we will dive into plenty more later. She's going to help us understand how we can get our clients, how we can truly understand who they are and why they are who they are today. So we can be better organizers and productivity specialists for them. Jessica is CEO of Front Seat Life. She's all about motivating, educating, and inspiring people to live their life in the front seat using their innate abilities. Jessica was once living a life that was chosen for her instead of a life she had chosen for herself. She was working in corporate human resources, totally uninspired, when a life-changing event in her marriage finally got her to take control of her life and go back to graduate school and pursue her dreams of becoming a therapist. She now teaches corporate uh, workshops, conducts keynote speeches around the country, authored the awesome books, Live Your Life in the Front Seat and Don't Do Stuff You Suck At, among others, has a private VIP coaching practice where she is a life and business coach, leads group coaching program for intuitive types, again, more on that in a bit, based on a system she created called Front Seat Life, all in the name of helping people accomplish magnificent things in their lives. She recently announced she will be hosting a podcast of her own, and I should mention, was the NAPO 2018 keynote speaker where I personally watched her inspire a room full of organizers and productivity professionals, so I know she'll do the same for you. As an ENFJ, Jessica thinks outside the box, leads with her heart, and is obsessively organized. She's passionate about personal development, traveling, deep connections with those uh, around her, and helping create ahas for her clients. So Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. That yeah. is so funny to hear that. You know, when you spend <laughs> the seven years of your life at literally uh, working your butt off to get all of that stuff, it, it was just, it was a little bit of a surreal moment hearing you read all that back. So thank you. That was, uh, I feel pretty proud right now. <laughs> You deserve it. It's so funny. A lot of our guests who are crazy movers and shakers say exactly what you just said. <laughs> Thank you. But it's so funny because you did all that. You know, I'm just I'm just sharing it with everyone what you did, and and we're really excited to learn from you. So Thank you. welcome. Um, Thank so you. I kind of Thank touched you. on it a little bit, but I would love for you to walk us through how you got to where you are today. I'm, I'm going to assume that was about seven years ago where that big transition happened. Yeah. Can you share with that? I know it's a bit personal, but I think the audience would really love to hear. Yeah. And my, you know, my situation, I don't think is, is all that unique. Sadly, I think there's a lot of people that are probably going through similar things and that's why I connect. I think so deeply with the majority of my clients is because I do share my story and my struggles. Uh, so I had <clears throat> gotten married in my late twenties, like lots of people had uh, started building this life for myself, had the mortgage, had the, you know, had the job, had the whatever. And I came home one day and my husband at the time uh, told me he didn't want to be married to me anymore. And lo and behold, came to find out there were uh, addictions involved, affairs of, involved. Uh, he was deep into a world that was very unknown to me and my life in that moment turned upside down. And I can't say 
that I fixed it right then. And I think that's the beauty of, of evolving through your life is it took me many, many years to leave him to find my worth. Uh, but that event was very in my face that I was living my life for other people. I wasn't truly being who I was. I had lost myself in this, in this keeping up with the Joneses world and doing things the way I'm using air quotes on a podcast that you're supposed to do. <laughs> Right. And I, I just, you know, I, I decided somewhere in that period of time that enough was enough. I just truly could not and would not live my life um, for other people anymore. And mine is, I think, normal. It happens to people, but it's also a little bit extreme. But I needed something extreme in my life to wake me up because it, I think now about, I could potentially still be there. You know, I think people need wake up calls, whether or not it's a divorce or affairs or someone sadly dying or us getting ill or uh, being bankrupt or whatever it is. Sometimes we need a wake up call in our lives to really get clear on what we want to do for the rest of our lives. Because at that time I was in my mid thirties, I'm about to turn 45. And during that time, just thinking, am I going to spend the next like 40 years of my life doing something that I'm not really all that passionate about, just kind of surviving instead of thriving. Um, and as a very you know strong Christian woman, like God put me on this earth for something. Like, what is that thing? I refuse to settle in a relationship. I refuse to settle um, in the life that I'm in. And, and I want to live this, this magnificent life. And so, uh, it was starting all over girl. I mean, Sarah, I started all over. I was broke as a joke. I had absolutely zero money. I left my husband. I got an apartment. I had, I don't even know what I was doing. Like, I don't, did someone co-sign? Like I had no money. <laughs> I don't even remember back then, but wow. I just thought, how am I going to pay my rent? And I, I just, I'll be honest, I just busted my ass. It was my full-time job to build a life that I was proud of. One that not only could sustain me financially, but one where I could make a difference, where I could be of service to other people. And that takes grit it takes determination. It takes consistency. It takes, you know, something I teach in my coaching program, system structure and singular focus. Um, and it just became my life's passion to get myself there. And so through in my psychotherapy practice, I wrote a book, I did all of this stuff. And then I realized other entrepreneurs need this too. Like they don't know. Like I remember graduating from graduate school to become a therapist and they didn't teach me how to run a business. They just no. taught me how to be a good therapist. And so I remember sitting in my office going, what do I do now? <laughs> like, where, where am I going to get my clients? Right. Uh, and so this now is my life's work is really to truly help people run their businesses, uh, be, make money, be profitable. Like, I don't yeah. want people to have hobbies. I want people to make money and not just people, women. Like I'm really passionate about, you know, boss ladies and being able to say, I'm, I'm bringing in multiple six figures. I'm supporting my family. I'm providing a legacy for my children. I'm showing a good example to them of what a work ethic looks like. I was just uh, taking a long walk with one of my best friends last night and she was talking about how her stepkids were saying things like, um, you know, why don't we just hire this out about the yard work? And I just thought, what is happening in this generation today? <laughs> like I was out there working my butt off. And so anyway, I just think there's something about having determination, having grit, having an amazing work ethic. Um, and the foundation of all of that, Sarah, is really being unapologetically who you are. This is my tagline. This is everything. So I do a lot of mindset work. I do a lot of kind of what I'm talking about right now, this grit, this determination system structure, singular focus, which a lot of the organizers probably already have. Um, but the foundation, if you're building a house, if you will, that house being your business, the bottom of that house, the foundation of that house is doing it based on who you are. 
and we can't do everything like everybody else. And one of the biggest mistakes out there that coaches make is they tell everybody to do things the same and it can't be that way. So in particular, sensing and intuition, people do things different. J's and P's, which we'll talk about in a moment, obviously, think people do things different. And so we've got to understand that foundation of who we are so that we can then build a successful love life. We can build a successful relationship. We can build a successful business and we can build a successful life. So that was a very long answer to your question, uh, but I hope that was helpful to your listeners. It, I mean, I'm already like, I'm ready to go and like right now and like go conquer the world. So awesome. uh, yeah. Right. So podcast over. I have things to do. Great. It was good uh, to talk to you. Bye. <laughs> I mean, you're so good at that. So you said so many things. I'm taking notes like a crazy person. Cause I wanted to just back up and just touch on a few things yeah. add to the meat of what I want to talk to you today about, but I want you to share with listeners because a lot of what I, when I come in contact with fellow organizers and productivity specialists, they, a lot of them have that story, maybe not as uh, dramatic as a marriage changing or a death, but that thing where they're like, oh, this organizing thing, this productivity thing, I didn't know I could do that and make money. You can. And so they, then they ask, how do I transition from this job I hate to, like you said, I don't even know how to run a business. I just know that I like this industry. So yep. I want you to share with our listeners how you, you mentioned it was not a quick transition. So how long did it take you from that day you, you walked home and your husband dropped all those bombs on you? Not oh, one, God. but several yeah. to, to you thriving, you know, not just the, the new apartment. You have no idea if you had a co-signer, all those, the, all that grit that you had to put into it. And then you're like, okay, you had a little bit of a system going. How long did that take you? About seven years. Wow. I think that's just, uh, yeah. And people got to get real. I mean, this is one, I mean, when I, so that's today, I mean, I'm kicking some serious ass in my business right now. I'm making a ton of money and that's not bragging. That's just, I want everybody to be able to say that. I want women to say, Hey, I'm making a ton of money. I'm killing it. So until today, so, um, probably five to be totally honest, meaning in a place where a couple of years ago I was still building, I was very, you know, had gotten to a place where I was financially stable for the first time in my life, like never worried about money. Like mm-hmm. I want that for women because it was okay. one of the most profound moments to me where I, I took a step back from my life and went, I am not worried about money for the first time in my entire life. And it felt amazing. So back to your question, it was about five years. And th- this is just a, a little nugget that people can take or leave. But I, there's a lot of people that have day jobs still. I had a day job. Uh, I worked in corporate America for forever. Um, and then I even considered my therapy practice a day job until I kind of transitioned into what I'm doing now. And some people have the financial stability because they're married to somebody who's, you know, can take care of those things. And God bless you for that, that you can leap. Like yeah. good for those people. I truly mean that. I can't wait for that to happen again someday, but uh, to leap, people can take, if you can leap, leap. If you can't leap, this is a nugget that I tell people a lot. Currently in your business, you have, you're working a hundred percent and the new life you want is zero percent. Ah. What you got to start doing is girl, you got a hotter focus. You have to figure out who your ideal clients are. You have to figure out your messaging. You got to figure out your branding. You have to figure out your pricing. You have to figure out your packaging. By the way, I can help people with all of these things. This is what I do. But the idea is there's a hundred, a hundred zero. And then when you get all of this together, you get your pricing, you get your Instagram on point, you get a great website, you, you, you start getting followers, you get your email list, you start building, you'll have 10% clients. Yeah. Then it'll go 90, 10, 80, 20, Ooh, 70, 30, 60, 40. And then all of a sudden it's 50, 50. And then you make that crossover and that crossover is magic. When the day that you get to say, I am making as much money in my side hustle as I am in this stupid day job that you you typically hate, that is when you get to say, okay, I think I'm done. I can do this. 
And so again, there's a lot of people out there that can leap, but for the majority of the people I know, they're not financially secure enough to do that. Me included. I didn't get to do that. I don't get to, no one's paying me to write books right now. I don't get to stay home and go to Hawaii and have people pay me to write books. I still got to work while I'm doing the side hustle. Right. And so I think there's a lot of magic in one realizing that it's going to take a lot of work. Being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart people. Don't get into it thinking you're going to have a hobby because it's not a hobby. It costs a lot of money to run your own business. My first two years in business, I spent 81% of my income on my business, which means I was in debt. I paid for coaches that I could not afford, but I was damn determined to, for the long-term vision. And so I, I will just say one more thing there is that there is, has to be a balance for entrepreneurship and having the long-term vision. So there's certain personality types that are better at these two things. Mm -hmm. Intuitives and are better at the long-term vision. They are what are called dreamers. So they are way out there. They have the vision. They've got the vision board. They've got the beach house. They, you know, they've got the number that they want to make. They've got the, the lifestyle that they want. They see it. Sarah, you're one of those people, I think. We, we <laughs> see it. Yeah. Then... The balance of that is you then have to do the hustle every single day to get yourself to that vision. And what I have found through my many, many years of research of writing books, being a coach and being a psychotherapist is that those two people are actually not the same person, mm. which means we have to do both and we have to learn how to do both. So S's, sensors, are day-to-day, -day concrete, logical people. They're the ones who are good at the details of the day, but they lose sight of the grand, big picture vision. Right. And then intuitives have the big, grand picture vision, but yet they are the ones who are like, what? I actually have to work? And I'm like, yes, you do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so good. So you know, and you're, like you said, your tagline is be unapologetically who you are. Yes, and I think in this conversation today, I would like to split that two ways. And I would okay. like to start with talking about how we as organizers and productivity specialists can help our clients be unapologetically who they are and help them reach these goals they've hired us to help them with. Good. And then let's talk about being unapologetically who we are as business owners. Great. I think, um, and I know these are big, big, juicy topics, but I think we can just kind of um, hit on them mm -hmm. a bit. And I want to share with everyone that actually, because you were at the keynote and I heard you, I went on Amazon pretty much immediately and bought your books. And I read, I finished Live Your Life in the Front Seat. And I want to share with you that the audience, that if anything today intrigues you, just get the book. And I know we're not supposed to be selling on the podcast and I get all that, but it was really a great, great, great Thank read. You. And it helped me Thank understand you. it a lot more. So we're going to really just surface level talk about it today. But if you want to know more, <clears throat> Jessica does a really good job at breaking it down. Great. Okay. And, uh, so, and there's yeah. that book. There's don't do stuff you suck at. And then there's a free assessment on my website as well. Right. So a lot of people say like, where do I start? That's where you start. So great point, Sarah. Yes. 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 Jessicabucks.com okay. is my website. Yes. And we'll link to all of that in the show yeah. notes and we'll Great. talk about it again too at the end, because I just think, you know, we can take all this information, but if you don't put it into practice, then what the heck good is having it? Yeah. Great. So, um, okay. You're passionate about Myers-Briggs and I'm sure there are people mm -hmm. out there who are like Meyer, Meyer who? <laughs> so can you give our listeners a crash course? So maybe we just, I don't, I'm sure you've done this before. A quick, quick crash course on what that is. And this whole, like you're an ENFJ and what all these letters stand for. Yeah. So super crash course before we get into those two juicy nuggets, because I think that's going to be really helpful for people. So like Sarah said, go take the assessment on my website, go get one of the books. It will help it solidify. But Myers and Briggs was a mother and daughter team back in the forties that built what is now called the Myers Briggs assessment, the MBTI Myers Briggs type indicator. It is by far the most widely used assessment tool in the world to help selves, businesses, loves, all of that stuff. However, a lot of people get very confused by it and so they don't use it, which breaks my heart. So I have come up with, I hope 
easier ways for people to use it. Hence my whole front seat life situation, which is uh, your co-pilot, your driver, which is your best self, your co-pilot, which is your second best self. And then these two horrible people in the back seat, your drunk <laughs> uncle, which represents the things you suck at and you should not be doing. Hence the name of my second book. Don't do stuff you suck at. And lastly, as the baby in the back seat, which is really truly a representation of where we all go under deep, intense stress in our lives and understanding that part of our personality can really change our lives. So back to the very quick crash course, that is part of it. But um, <clears throat> there's four dichotomies in Myers and Briggs. They are introversion and extroversion, which is all about your source of energy. So as entrepreneurs, not only do we need to understand our client's source of energy, we need to then understand our source of energy as well. Mm -hmm. So this is all about putting our own oxygen mask on first, learning about ourselves and then going out in the world and figuring out what does my client need? What does my friend need? What does my spouse need? Who are these people in my lives where I can now have better relationships with them? So that's the first one is all about energy. Second is sensing and intuition, which I've already hit on. And this is very, very big in our lives, especially in our work lives. And this dichotomy is all about how we take in information and how we uh, are function in our world. And so sensors are these detailed day-to-day, good-with-routine, minutia kind of level people. They're also 75% of the population. Then there's intuitives that are big picture thinkers, think outside the box. They're kind of woo woo. I will go as far as to say the majority of your guys's clients for sure, because intuitives are, uh, we're kind of all over the place. I'm a very strong intuitive. We are not like we sometimes have clean spaces, but you open our closets and woo, it's a hot disaster in those because organization and and the details of things are not super, super great at what we do, but we are also very spatial. So we're excellent spatial people. We can see patterns. We can see a room done. Um, we have a, a very interesting gift. Everybody has gifts, but that's a quick one with that. Then there's thinking and feeling. And this is all about how we make decisions. To oversimplify this greatly, thinkers make decisions with their head, feelers make decisions with their hearts, which everybody needs to understand how their clients are making decisions, especially you organizers, as you are in someone's house and they are freaking out emotionally over something or they're very logical. You have to know how to speak their language yep. to get the most out of them. And then last but not least, and this is a huge, 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 huge one in our businesses, is <clears throat> judging and perceiving. And this one is all about how we are organized in our world and how we like our world organized. Mm -hmm. J's are organized, decisive decision makers. They like things a certain way. Uh, you could go as far as to say they're rather controlling people. I'm a super J and I am, I am pretty controlling because I like things a certain way because it's just how I am. P's mm -hmm. on the other hand, probably the majority of your guys' clients, P's are, uh, they're kind of all over the place. They are undaunted by the surprise. They do not like their world all that organized. They actually thrive in chaos. Um, they love, they love chaos. They love spontaneity. They like things just open-ended. Uh, and so again, knowing who you are versus who your clients are gives you this like magic sauce, if you will. It's like the super sauce or the special sauce of really understanding how to work with your clients and learn how to speak their language because none of us can come in and just demand things of people. So this is the, the interesting balance between being unapologetically who we are Mm -hmm. and being in relationship to other people. 
So I would love you for your um, <clears throat> listeners to imagine an infinity symbol, if they will, for a moment. Mm-hmm. One side of that infinity symbol is basically being unapologetically who you are. It's called differentiation. And differentiation is, Sarah, you just saying, this is who I am. Me saying, this is unapologetically who I am. This is what I'm great at. This is what I suck at. Well, that's really only half of the equation. We don't get to go through world and just say that all the time. If we want to be getting clients and selling and interacting and loving people in our lives, like, you know, that would just be like me saying, I don't care about you, mom. Like, I don't care what you think. I don't care how you feel and not, and not participating in their lives. So the other side of the infinity symbol, and again, please note, this is not a line. It's meaning an infinity symbol is you're always flowing back and forth. You're always on that spectrum of being who you are. And then the other side is what's called attunement. And my next book is called love me for who I am. And that book is truly going to be about understanding who you are and then being in relationship with people that are different from you since the majority of the population is different from you since there's 16 types Mm -hmm. there's not very many people that are like you how do you then be in relationship with them and to take it a whole nother step how do you love them how do you accept them How do you get the best out of them knowing that you are who you are and they are who they are? So whether or not that be loving your clients or loving your spouse, loving your kids, loving your, your, your parents, uh, we're always on that spectrum. I got you speechless. I know you, you, (laughs) yes, yes. That's something that you were pretty good at doing for me. Um, because it's just so good. I, Something you said at conference also stuck with me, which is, you know, when you're real little, you, you have this personality, right? Like I have a a little cousin right now who's like two and a half and she is just, she's got a personality to her, man. Like no one told her to be this way, this way or say these things. And you talked about that. And you said, as you go through your parents influence you, um, other students, bullies, friends, teachers, all these people end up influencing us as we get older. And then it's kind of like, can sometimes lose sight, right, of who we are innately. So, and I think that's so interesting why, you know, reading your book kind of maybe think about who am I really deep down inside, have a better understanding of who I am so that I can do all this work that you speak about so I can serve people better. Yeah. So let's dive into, I think, like you said, let's do the oxygen mask first. Let's talk about us as as business owners and understanding who we are and how we can get there. Do you think talking, maybe using yourself as an example in your front seat life, uh, the driver, the co-pilot, I mean, breaking down so people can understand what that means. Cause I thought that was really powerful for me at yeah. conference. Yeah. So <clears throat> again, I think the first step is really figuring out what your personality type is, which again, mm-hmm. there's a free assessment on my website. You can go take that. That's really step one. You kind of got to know what that is. Mm-hmm. And then in the book, actually at the end of the assessment, I really just tell you exactly what your front seat and your back seat are. And the idea is you are designed, whatever you believe, God, the universe, whatever, you were born innately with your personality type, period, Mm -hmm. end of story. What Sarah was just talking about is life circumstances get in the way. The bad teacher, the parent, trauma, uh, your family of origin, your culture of origin. There's a lot of suppressing things that happen in our lives. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. Who do you think you are? Uh, You know, one of the best books ever written is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. He talks about these stories that we start to tell ourselves of you're not good enough. Your family's not going to love you if you do that. All these things that keep us small. And that is what happens to all of our lives. It's impossible for that not to happen. So a hundred percent of us have gone through that and it morphs who we really are. And the majority of my clients oppress or suppress who they actually are in this world because by somebody or an event in their life, they have been told that is not okay. You are not okay. What you want to do is not okay. 
I mean, how many listeners right now have, that own their own business have been told this is going to be 100%? <laughs> how many listeners have been told by somebody in their life, you can't start your own business? What are you going to do about health insurance? They have health insurance, people. What are you going to do about 401k? They have IRAs, people. What are you going to do about income? What are you going to do about vacation? There's all these, but you can't do that. Who mm -hmm. are you to do that? Because that is the muggle world trying to keep you small. Right. Not everybody can hack being an entrepreneur. And so they don't like it when you do it. So back to this point is once you figure out your type, there are two parts of your personality type that excel and you were born with these gifts. Everybody has different gifts. So here's the beauty of this is everybody has different gifts. Like I am really great at what I'm really great at and I am really terrible at what I'm terrible at. And right. so I then go out in my business and find the people that are great at what I'm terrible at and I hire them and vice versa. And so it's a, called live your life from the front seat for a reason because your front seat is a combination of an introverted part of you mm -hmm. and an extroverted part of you. Sarah, are you an ENFJ? I am. Okay, great. I'm going to use you as an example. Is that all right? Oh, goodness. Okay. Okay, sure. good. So Sarah is really good at her two front seats are uh, extroverted feeler. So she is at her best, making the most money, making the most difference in the world, being her best self, sleeping the best, uh, her most authentic. She feels awesome when she is out in the world, connecting with other human beings, making a difference in this world, and being in relationship with other people. She's nodding. I can see her. We're on Zoom. Is that right? Yes. It's, yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> Her second best self, which is equal, it's in the front seat. One is extroverted, one is introverted. The other part of Sarah that's really, really, really awesome is she has a ton of ideas. She's creative. She thinks outside the box. She sees big pictures. She can see patterns that her clients cannot see. You probably, to be honest, the, you probably don't love the minutia parts of your job, but you love the big picture. You're a designer, you're a creator, you're visual. You can see, again, clean, amazing, creative spaces before you can even get into the minutia of all of that. Mm -hmm. When Sarah does those two things, and to be perfectly honest, only those two things, so back in the 80s, there was this theme of being well-rounded. I say well-roundedness is a bunch of bullshit. It I agree. doesn't work. You've got to be only doing what you're good at. Like we only have so much energy, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I only have so many hours in the day. I only have so much energy. I believe you and everybody else, me included, should be spending at least 80% of our time doing our front seat activities. And again, everything I do outlines this, all the books, the assessment, you can see it. Sarah, when you are doing those two things, being in a relationship, connecting, being of service, being creative, thinking outside the box, coming up with new ideas, being a uh, big picture, being entrepreneurial, how good do you feel? I mean, you feel 100%. You feel unstoppable. How much more money do you make? I mean, it's endless how much yep. money you could make. There really endless is. And you feel possible. that it's endless. Yep. You don't feel that you're limited to like, if I could just make these, you know, this not, it's like, no, I mean, I, it's, I'm a rock star, so I can do anything I want when you truly believe that. And yes. I think that takes time too, but yeah. But being in your front seat creates that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would like everyone to hear what I just said. Being in your front seat creates that. People ask me all the time, well, how do I believe? You believe by doing it. There's mm -hmm. no other way. And that's just a therapy term. It's, it's just a therapy methodology is that the way that you get over things that you're scared of is you do the thing. The way yeah. that you figure out if you're good at something, you do the thing. You don't right. sit in your house and dream about it. You got to get your ass out of the house and you got to go do it. So when Sarah, you do your front seat activities, of course you get rewarded because it's what you're awesome at. Mm -hmm. And let me just say this too. I, I mean, I think this is common knowledge, but just remind everybody, not everyone's going to like you. 
You need to just get over that. Not everybody is your ideal client, period, end of story. I think, you know, I'll, I'll share something very personal. I got feedback from the NAPO conference. I got 182 comments. Uh, I would say 175 of them were off the charts, probably the best comments I've ever gotten. Absolutely. Like you are a rock star. You are amazing. Can I have you on my podcast? Thank you for changing my life. You're authentic. You're funny. And about eight of them were, you are the worst human being I've ever experienced in my life. I hate everything you said. You're too loud. You're too this, you're too that. And I just thought, well, not everyone's going to like you. I mean, 98% liked me. Fantastic. That's pretty darn good, girl. <laughs> I, right? But I also don't want to be vanilla nope. and be, get 50-50. If nope. I was to show up and talk like this and, you know, just share what I had to share and I talked, you know, monotone and things like this, like that, not everyone's, that's like a 50-50. So Sarah, when you show up in your front seat, when I show up in my front seat, everybody listening, hear me. You do not have to be Sarah. You don't have to be me. But when you show up in your front seat, 98%, maybe not that much, but a good percentage of the people will like you and come and follow you. But we cannot care about those other people because they don't matter to us. Right. We have to do our thing. So let's talk about the people in the backseat because this is the, you know, the entire second book is really called Don't Do Stuff You Suck At. And this is all built for entrepreneurs um, in terms of what Sarah and I were just talking about. When she shows up and does the things that she's good at, she's going to make more money. She's going to be happier. She's putting her own oxygen mask on first. The right clients will be attracted to her when she tries to be vanilla again and like try to get everyone to like her no one's gonna like her you have an insane following on instagram because you are who you are you're quirky and cute and you put yourself out there the backseat energy are twofold which i've already mentioned one is again i just call it drunk uncle in your backseat because it's truly like a drunk person doing that part of your life you're awkward. I just equate it to being drunk. Like when we're drunk, (laughs) we're not in our best. We're intoxicated. Literally we're intoxicated. Uh, you would never, well, you shouldn't ever sit down and have a difficult conversation with your spouse. When you're intoxicated, you should never sit down and do that part of your business because it's truly like an intoxicated person doing it. And this is what, you know, some coaches, Oh, be well-rounded. No, don't. It is such an unbelievable waste of your time. And for you, Sarah, those are actually the minutia details of your business. All of, you know, the, the spreadsheets and the business contracts and this and that and how to run your CRM and how to do this and how to do that. Like you're the creative person. You need someone to do that stuff for you. And when you spend too much time doing stuff that you suck at, which is your drunk uncle, and everybody has one, something very powerful happens. Everybody in the car, your driver, your co-pilot, and your drunk goes to sleep and your baby wakes up. Hmm. And a baby in the backseat represents you under extreme stress. So Sarah, when you spend all the time in your business doing data, minutia, dealing with numbers, working with your CRM, doing little things like that, how do you feel? Bogged down. Yeah. Really just heavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what happens. I'd like everybody to visualize kind of getting backed up against a wall. Like when an animal feels attacked, you're bogged down, you're tired, you're attacked. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. I can't handle it. That feeling brings out something and it's called our reptilian brain. So we have a very interesting reptilian response, which what do, what do animals do when they're under attack? They fight or they flee. And it is a human response when we spend time doing stuff that we are not innately designed to do by God, by the universe, whatever you believe in, we have this response. It is a fact. 
And we come out acting like our worst selves. Mm-hmm. Your baby is exactly the opposite of your driver. So I will use Sarah as an example again. Her best self is being out with people, giving her best self to other people, her clients, loving, creating good bonds, creating energy. How can I be of service to you? How can I help you? That is like your jam. And when you are in that, the world responds. However, if you are hurt, you're spending too much time, the stuff that you suck at, you're worrying about these details, you get bogged down, you get stressed out, you don't want to get out of bed, your baby becomes introverted. And she gets in her head and she goes over every single minutia, grody, detailed data, and you obsessively think about logic and it's just, it's so unbelievably bad wonky energy. Is that true? hundred percent true. You said that at conference and I was like, Oh, so like when I don't feel like going with my friends, I just want to like lay in my bed and feel sorry for myself. That's when I'm really stressed out and I know something's not right. And you said that and it just was like, okay, so now I know what I have to do. And that's, what's really helpful. Beautiful. A hundred percent. And so to, to speak to what Sarah just said is what do you do? One is you acknowledge it, you know, as a former therapist, there is no change until there's awareness. And so that's why I'm on a global mission to get people to understand this about themselves. Because once you have awareness, like Sarah did a conference and go, Oh, Oh, gross. That's what's happening. (laughs) Everybody has a validation of it. Like, Oh, I get it. That's what's happening then what do I want to do about it? And to take the analogy even further is babies sometimes need to just have a tantrum. They need to, I mean, my mom always tells this funny story of when I have one of my full on tantrums in the middle of the grocery store and she just stood back and just let me do it. She was like, I'm sorry to all of the patrons in here, but my daughter (laughs) is having a moment and I'm just going to let her do it. (laughs) And so that looks different to different people. So for extroverts like you, Sarah, your baby needs to rest. Mm-hmm. She sometimes needs to, my version is I eat pizza and I watch Netflix. Sounds and, good to me. Yep. Right. You <laughs> stay in bed. It sounds like you hide, you hibernate, you don't want to go out. However, we can't live our lives throwing a fit in the middle of a grocery store or being in your bed. So just to, for an example, that baby in the backseat moment that I'm referring to introverts, that's what they do. They get loud and screamy and yelly and in people's face and they throw tantrums and everyone around them is like, what is happening with this normal docile person? So please note that it's the exact opposite of who you are and how to get yourself out of that is awareness then the next step is figuring out what all these things are that you suck at that you're doing and you got to find somebody to help you. And people ask me all the time, well, I don't have, I can't afford it. And my response is you can't afford not to Mm -hmm. because you are wasting your precious front seat energy on stuff that you suck at that is putting you into your baby. And that's just a fact. It just, it's, it's, it's a hundred percent true. It never not happens. I mean, everybody listening right now, I'm sure can attest to a time in their life, in their business where they've done too much of that drunk uncle stuff, puts them into the Sarah, right? That's where you're making your money. That's where you're attracting clients. That's where you feel your best. So you got to be up there at least 80% of the time. So that's step two. And then step three is figuring out what your front seat is. You know, sadly, oh, I was there too. It's, you know, it is sad, but it's, it's a fact is that I would say the majority of my clients come to me when they're in their back seat. They don't even know what they're good at anymore. And I love all the fabulous authors out there that talk about just go do what you're awesome at. Well, in my experience, most people don't even know what that means. They don't know what they're good at. And so again, personality type is the foundation of everything. Once you can figure these things out about what your front seat is, this is how I make money. This is how I feel awesome. This is how my clients are attracted to me. When you spend more time up in that energy force field in your front seat, 
things start to unfold, they start to happen. Because when we're in our backseat, that is gross, wonky, disgusting, out of integrity, out of alignment energy. I've been there and I know exactly what I'm attracting, what I'm doing, and it's just not good. So uh, that's about putting your own oxygen mask on first. And then I think the last is just understanding your clients, you know, and again, you're not going to do all of this in this podcast. You're not going to do all of this today because it really is, I believe the foundation of everybody's life, everybody's business and everybody's relationship is figuring out who you are and then how can you speak other people's language? And so for those of you that this is new to, that would be step one is you got to figure out your own stuff and then understanding your clients. And so Uh, If they're the same as you, great. You're going to understand their issues. But the majority of the time, they're different from you. And while you, listen up, organizers, while you (laughs) might be super organized like I am, the majority of your clients literally do not see the world the same way that you do. They're not trying to be a pain in the ass. They just don't get it they don't spatially understand what you're telling them. When I figured this out about my clients, it was such a game changer. So as a super strong J and the majority of you listening are likely, I mean, again, majority, not all, are likely strong J's. Your P clients do not understand organization. They don't understand a calendar. They don't understand putting things away. It doesn't mean they're stupid. Everybody has pros and cons. Us J's work control-free pain in the asses. Let's just call it like it is. (laughs) And P's need laminated lists. They need things. They need schedules on the refrigerator. Things that you might think are so simple, they do not understand. And you can help literally change their lives by learning how to speak their language. So I, gosh, we've been talking for almost an hour. I hope this it's, is helpful. It's is so good. You know, we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to hear a message from Napo, but then when we're back, I've got a couple, I want to dig a little bit deeper into understanding our clients a little bit more. So we Great. will be right back. The National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals invites you to become a certified professional organizer. CPOs have proven industry proficiency by demonstrating they possess the body of knowledge and experience essential to professional organizing and productivity consulting. The CPO credential identifies professional organizers who've documented a specific number of paid hours that include transferring organizing skills to a client and have also passed the Board of Certification for Professional Organizers Examination. The credential provides the organizing and productivity industry a way to elevate its professional standards. Visit napo.net to learn more. Okay. I hope you let all that sink in. (laughs) During the break, I have Jessica Butts here, Myers-Briggs expert, and we're really digging deep and discussing how we can better get ourselves first. Let's put that oxygen mask on first, and then we can help understand our clients. And okay, I have a question for you. And Listeners, I think this really depends on, once you understand it all, it'll depend on your comfort level. But Jessica, do you think it's helpful if we were to ask our clients to fill out these personality tests? Is that something we could ask? A thousand percent. Why not? Uh, Most of my clients, it's a requirement for them now to, to ask their clients because they understand how to speak to them. So Absolutely. You could take mine or there's plenty of them, I'm sure, that are out on the internet there. Just Myers-Briggs assessment. Um, The real one is quite expensive and only a certified professional can have you do that. But that's why there's free ones out there. That's why I created my own uh, so that people can take that. So it's on JessicaButts.com. Yes, you can take it and then have other people take it so that you can learn how to speak their language. They can print it out. They can bring it to your initial consult session. You can sit down and talk about, okay, this is likely how I would like to work with you. But now that I see your type, it looks like we may need to make adjustments here or there and ask them. You know, one of the best things I learned from being a therapist was you just get curious. Like Mm -hmm. don't tell people who they are. Don't, uh, don't, don't push your agenda. 
on everything, but just get curious. So in your initial consult, part of the curiosity, and that's maybe how you could sell it with them, is um, it, it helps me help you to understand your personality type. I want this to be the most successful resource of your time, your energy, and your money. So it will help me help you if you take this assessment and I can understand you better. And why would you not want that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, Great it's question. Really powerful. So, and I know some organizers brought this up at conference. It's not how I usually run my business. So I think that would be more my, my route being able to, because I have a, an extensive dialogue before I go into someone's home and, and help them accomplish their goals. But some organizers shared, sometimes the first time I meet my client is when I go to their home and I, mm-hmm. and I'm really going to start work. I go mm-hmm. through, I see what their goals are. I help them and we start right then and there. So are there any, I, you know, I don't really like, uh, shortcuts, but mm-hmm. is there anything that we can do quickly when you, when you meet someone to kind of assess who they are? <laughs> so you know how to like talk to them? Oh my God, that's an amazing question. And yes. Uh, so very quickly, a, a great way to gauge someone pretty quickly, and you guys are digging in. I mean, you're in someone's home, you're in their closet, whatever. So typically you can tell someone's energy based on whether or not they're seemingly, you know, giving their best self to you, or they seem to, to need some breaks. Like introverts are going to need some time. They're going to keep things a little bit closer to themselves. So that's a pretty easy one to gauge. Uh, I think going into someone's home and seeing whether or not they have lists, if, if things are already organized, if things are all over the place, if you hear people say things like, um, I just can't keep things in order, or if they're email, I mean, I, you know, as a strong intuitive, my email is a joke. I mean, Debbie Rosemont would murder me. She's a dear friend of me, mine, and she's always <laughs> joking, like, I need to get that cleaned up. So though, that's a pretty clear indication. To be quite honest, you could walk into most intuitives' homes and know it's probably beautifully decorated. It's pretty, but you, again, you open up the cupboards and things and it's probably a mess. So that's a, that's a good indication. Um, and, and maybe the way that they speak. So they, they, they speak somewhat ethereally. They're Mm -hmm. up here. They're ethereal versus concrete. Um, I think very quickly you can assess whether or not someone's thinker or feeler based on the words that they use. A great indication is I feel this way. Most thinkers don't say that. Thinkers say, I think this. So Mm -hmm. very quick shortcut. Be aware of how people are talking. I think this, I think that. Or they're not emotionally attached to an object. Feelers are going to be more emotionally attached to an object. Um, And then last but not least, you'll know very, very, very quickly a J and a P. Js will be on time. They will want a follow-up. They will be organized. They will have a plan. They will want to get down to business. And P's are going to want to talk about how you are. How was your weekend? How's the day? Uh, Things are going to be all over the place. They might be late. They might be late to their own appointment in their own home. Um, They will likely kind of be a little bit all over the place. They won't have a structure. They won't be as bossy about getting things done. Where J's will be like, let's get going. J's are work, then play. P's like to work and play. So they might want to talk about your kids or they might want to get to know you a little bit where J's are like, okay, get your butt in here. I'm paying you. Let's get going. Where again, P's are, oh, let's have some coffee. And do you want, you know, do you want some cookies? And it's just a completely different sense of energy. So that's an excellent question. And there's a quick uh, four quick tips. Great question. Such great tips. Um, and this might, I know you're gonna have a great answer for this, but I'm gonna ask it cause I feel maybe <laughs> listeners are going to ask this. Okay. Okay. Jessica, fine. Don't do things you suck at, but aren't we kind of going into people's homes, helping them with things they suck at. And the goal mm-hmm. is to transfer these skills to them. Mm-hmm. So that I means I've had clients I've had for years and years, but there are, I want them to be do, able to do these things on their own. So are we kind of asking them to do things that they shouldn't be doing or like, what's, what's your answer to that? Well, they, I mean, so that you're right. That is a little bit of a, of an oxymoron because they have to, in order to run their lives, but because, you know, we can't live in chaos. I mean, some people can, but they're hiring you for a reason. 
this is where, you know, I put on my, my, you know, coach hat is you probably need to have some packages, meaning you're not going to go in one time and it's going to be fixed. That's just mm -hmm. a fact. If you see that your client is repetitively screwing things up, then adjust your work. You're not going to change that person. You adjust how you work with them. They may need you to come in every single month. They may need you to come in quarterly. Then set up a package pricing that behooves them. Because the reality is, yes, we all need help. I am never going to magically be great at details and data. Do I need to work at it sometimes in my business? Yes, but I am never going to be fantastic at that. And your people are never innately going to be great at keeping this stuff organized. So you adjust to serve them best. I mean, right. it's one of the best entrepreneurial tips there are is who are your ideal clients and how do you serve them best? It's not about them changing for you. It's about you adjusting to their needs. Well, I want to say two things with that. One, yes, like we transfer skills, but we also, there are, like you said, there are clients who just, they realize themselves, I, I suck at this. I don't want to do this. You love it. I love you come into my home and help me stay on track. Great, and that's then, how much this costs. Right. And <laughs> then there are people who I feel like when you work with them, you help them discover who they are. And actually yeah. they're quite organized and they can do this on their own. And they just needed, yep. it's like people who want to become organizers and they learn how to be organized because I think it was deep down inside them. They had that innate ability and they just forgot about it or Beautiful. it got, right. It got suppressed. So I think that's another thing, just being, listening and, and, when you're with our clients, it could be one of two things where we have yeah. to keep going back or yeah. they're really organized and productive. They just need to remember how to, how to channel that again. And let's just say this too, Sarah, people evolve, they don't mm -hmm. change. Mm -hmm. And so as we evolve, we can get better at things that we suck at. We can make choices. We learn, we get smarter as we get older. So let's not just say like, it's, you know, it's just a done deal. That's a very fixed mindset. When we're speaking about growth mindset, which is one of the best books ever written, if you're thinking about growth mindset, a growth mindset is, I don't know what I know, I don't know what I don't know, but I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to grow into something. It's a very fixed mindset to say, I just suck at this thing, so I'm never, ever going to do it. And so right. there is a very interesting balance between uh, uh, not doing stuff that you suck at, but also not having a very fixed mindset of I can never evolve because innately you are not going to change. However, we do evolve and we learn and we grow. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Jessica, I always ask, I always ask my, my guests to leave us with two sticky notes. So I want you to leave us with two sticky notes for our office, two big impact pieces of advice that we as business owners can implement into our business today, this week, that could make a big change this month. What two sticky notes would you leave us with? I think the first one would be system structure, singular focus. So I call mm -hmm. it the three S's. Systems, mm -hmm. structure, singular focus. Every single entrepreneur needs to have those three things. I would say the second is um, a 90-day sheet of focusing. So not one of my biggest things I do with my clients is every 90 days we meet in person and we focus on three things only. This is good for you, but also for your clients. Three things only that you are going to focus on and complete in the next 90 days. Not squirreling, not getting over here, not going over there. It's, you know, Focus, focus, focus. Um, and if I could pick a third, it would just probably be a sticky note of um, your theme words. Mm. Like what are your theme words? What you surround yourself with? Uh, I choose three every year and they, they literally encompass every single thing that comes into my life. I don't say yes to something if it's not in alignment with my theme words and it just helps guide me on every single step. And sometimes they're every six months, sometimes they're a year. This year they've changed uh, six months in. So I would say those three things and there's probably a lot more, but I'll stop there. <laughs> right. I mean, I could have you on for another hour and I'm sure our listeners wouldn't mind, but 
I need to give them wanting more. So they'll go check out your books and your website. Um, So where can our listeners find out more about you and stay connected with you? Yeah, the best place is to just take that free assessment. It starts, it'll get you on my email list. So I want to be clear about that. You know, it's kind of business 101. If I'm giving you something awesome for free, I'm going to send you some love. And I'm not super salesy. I'm just sending you some love. So um, the next step is uh, probably the books. Um, I do have this really amazing membership group. It's 30 bucks a month. It's totally cheap. It's a bunch of like-minded people. We talk about life, love, and business about being unapologetically who you are. So all of that stuff is on my website. Um, so I would just, I would just start by taking that assessment, which is at jessicabuttsbutts.com. That's amazing. And listeners, we will have all of that information in our show notes, just in case you're driving in the car. Don't, uh, don't, don't get do distracted. <laughs> So, um, Jessica, I want to thank you so much for being here today. Listeners, what can you do today, this week to make a change in your business? This podcast is about growing our business or just getting started. And I think Jessica left us with some really awesome sticky notes that we can use to help propel ourselves and our business into everything we've ever wanted it to be. I'm Sarah Karakan. That wraps up this episode of Stand Out. Thank you for being here with me and as always for learning with me. If you like this podcast, if you're able to walk away with inspiration or something valuable, please leave us a review, hit that subscribe button. And then if you wouldn't mind, share it with someone who may also find it valuable as well. Your colleagues, your team, or a friend who is interested in becoming an organizer or productivity specialists. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. I'll talk to you then. That's all for this episode of Stand Out, brought to you by the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to learn more about our educational offerings, our local chapters, and both certification and certificate opportunities. Don't miss an episode as we help you build the business you've always dreamed of owning.